and I'm going to share a bit simply on how I use my phone and prevent my phone from using me. Now, if, if you look at this, you can't see it from here, but it's on airplane mode and that will be relevant. There are just a few rules that I follow and I follow for a very, very long time. Uh, the first is no email app on my phone. We'll talk about that. The second is no social media apps on my phone. That is actually new to the last six to nine months. Although we'll talk about the ability to post without consuming social media or being exposed to feeds. And then you have airplane mode and silence. All right, so I'm gonna to attempt to remember those. There are other tips and tricks and specifics we can get into, but I'm gonna to try to keep it simple. So the first is no email app on my phone. I don't have mail set up on my phone. I do not have anything that shows me unread messages in my inbox. If I need to check email on my phone, which I will otherwise do at scheduled intervals, via laptop, then I will do it through a browser. How inconvenient is that? And that is exactly the point. There are friction points that you can use to your benefit when you're trying to prevent compulsive behaviors. Conversely, if you're trying to develop a new habit, you wanna remove those friction points. But if there's something that you do thoughtlessly or compulsively, like check email, use social media, you want to insert friction points, all right? So in the case of e- Welcome and you were listening to another episode of Keep the Changes. Money Mail, I wanted to start off there with another video that I have saved on my playlist of greatness and you might have missed the very start of that but that's Tim Ferriss he wrote a book called The 4-Hour Workweek and I think it got uh, a lot of people very excited about a, a life that you could live where you only have to work four hours a week um, but ultimately that book's really about optimizing your life and becoming more efficient and not wasting time and not sitting there doing things for the sake of them, and then saying, oh yeah, I worked eight hours today, when really you worked 23 minutes and things, so it's, um, it's, a, good, it's a good book to go through, I read it a number of years ago, and I don't feel like it changed my life or anything like that, um, but a lot of people have said that it, that it can, so maybe have a look for that, but he, he's a very talented person, and um, he has just about got a million followers of his own, and that video is called How to Use Your Phone So That It Doesn't Use You, Tim Ferriss. It was six months ago that I saw him put it out. I've listened to that a few times. And I'm always chasing ways to be more efficient. Um, you know, admittedly, my phone probably does... Well, no, I, I, I think I hold the power in terms of my phone and that I use it for what I want to use it for. Um, but we all have times where you know, it uses us because I just, that's what they're geared to do. And we've spoken before about how people are competing for your attention and you have to be mindful of it. And I think he's got a really good example in that first minute or so there. The, the video goes for about five, five minutes. But talking about putting barriers in place um, so that things are harder to do. And the reason I like that is that if you think about your finances, if you've got access to money and it's easy, then there's no friction for you to not be able to touch it or not be able to spend it. And I noticed that when I was younger, I would try and start saving money, but I would just have it in a separate account that I could see when I went onto my internet banking. And I might go out on the beers or I might go shopping and it's like, oh, I'm just going to move it over from my savings. Bugger it, who cares? I'll, I'll save that next time. And there's no friction there, you know. It's so easy to access our cash now and, and therefore we can get rid of it and, and get it out of our pocket. And that increases the velocity, the speed at which it ends up going through the economy. Um, and you might notice that in yourself and think, actually, I don't, you know, don't want to be giving myself that much access to my savings or I don't want it to be easy. You know, the beauty of, of Sharesies, for instance, is that 
to get your money out of shares is you've got to sell your shares and then you've got to um, transfer it back. And I've only ever transferred money back once where I put more money in and didn't buy shares that I than I needed. And so I, I transferred the money back and I, and I did it as a bit of a test to see how long does it actually take to come back. And it, it was 24 hours, I think, so it was, it was pretty quick. But you know, I didn't have instant access. So that's a good barrier, for instance, where you can't just go and do something stupid and maybe... 24 hours later you're not in the same mind space maybe you're not as uh, inebriated or uh, impacted by alcohol or wound up or angry or whatever emotion it is that causes you to go spending because for a lot of people we make decisions based on the emotions and the things that we're feeling and we might have spoken about that briefly at the start last week about noticing when you say the word feel and when you feel like this I go and do this and often people might be angry or they might be feeling sad or a bit down and so they think, oh, I'll go cheer myself up with some spending or I might go drinking or whatever and you then go down a rabbit hole of just making decisions that you don't necessarily want to make or, or you end up having buyer's remorse or regretting the things that you purchase. So five minutes to get us started there. The key there is what things can you do to make things harder for yourself so that you can't do them as often if you know that you don't want to be doing them. If you don't want to be eating heaps of sugar, don't have it in the household. You know, Don't buy it in the groceries, um, treats and biscuits and all those things. Don't have access to them. Remove your access to the things that you don't necessarily want to be doing. Last year after watching this video, I went through my phone and basically tried to turn off like every notification that I just didn't want anymore because it's such a massive distraction point, the old phone, and, and, it, can, and it can disrupt other things that you're trying to focus on or do so be very aware of that. Use your phone, use social media so that it doesn't use you. Let's get into this, otherwise we will keep going. Very, very quickly too, you might notice a difference in background setting uh, in terms of the, the audio quality. I'm actually in an office, which is pretty cool. So for Next Advisory, we now have uh, an office space, which we didn't have for the first four years of business, and we didn't really need it, to be honest, so... Um, this is now more about collaborating and starting to build the foundations of the next five years of this accounting and advisory business and I'm sitting here today in it and it's pretty cool to have a, a space to be able to come to and uh, rip into some work that's separate from home but you know, on the flip side of that I want you to know that working from home, building something is possible and it's doable, you need to find ways to become efficient from home, I don't have children so I can't sympathise, well I can't relate to those people who do, I can imagine that would be extremely hard, uh, but we have done over a million dollars easily of revenue from our homes. So if people tell you that you can't be efficient from home and it's not productive and all this shit, that's, that's not true. The problem is in the mirror. So if you can't be efficient or productive at home, you need to have a look in the mirror and then go and look at your surroundings and go, why is that? So we started talking about what can you do with your phone, what can you do of distractions? What can you get rid of? Now, those are the things that are actually the problem. So you know, I've had to go through that journey and learn to be performing in that environment. And, and now I'm flipping it and going back to what most people do, and that's work in an office. So now I've got both options, from home or in an office space. Um, but yeah, pretty cool. And pretty cool to have a little sign on the door and a car park and all those things that, uh, you know, Go along with of having a, a wee corporate office. It's a small space, but um, one day if you're floating around Auckland, then get in touch. You might be able to come in. There's plenty of beers in the fridge, 
and I'll probably be doing a few presentations and seminars from here as well and put those together for you over the next year so you'll notice a, a bit of a different setting in some of the videos and some of the audio but anyway let's get into this week's lesson it was about balanced credit card transfers and we've spoken about these on the podcast more so than we have uh, when, when um, you know I've been writing about this but I used this technique and tactic very, very successfully a long time ago um, and, and it's a way to move credit debt from one bank to another or another institute and decrease the amount of interest that you're paying on that which allows you to pay down the debt faster and by now you've probably heard my story about paying off my $15,000 credit card by moving it to a balance transfer where I was paying 0% and so I wasn't paying any interest and I was able to chunk it down 500 bucks at a time. It took me 26 fortnights and that's a whole year basically and I got myself um, from 13k on that credit card of the total limit of 15 right down to $0. Cut that bitch up and said I never want to do that again. So I can relate and no doubt some of you can too. So I'm going to talk you through how that works. I understand that some of you know um, how to do this already, but there's some other little gems and lessons in here, and there'll be something that you can learn from this as well. So let's get started. Moving a credit card to 0% interest. This week, we're going to carry on the theme of debt and have a look at using a credit card balance transfer. As we said weeks ago, a good place to start is by writing down all of your debt and ranking it. Rank it in two ways. The largest debt you have through to the smallest debt. Two, the highest interest rate you have on each of these forms of debt. Because often people will look at their debt and they will look at the biggest amount and think, oh shit, you know, I, I need to get that down. And often that's a mortgage for people or, or usually the larger an amount of debt gets, the cheaper the interest rate. So if you think about a mortgage is you know, a lower interest rate than a credit card. So the, the smaller the amount of debt gets, usually in principle the, the interest rate's usually higher because people are... Um, looking for a quick fix and so they charge you a premium for that. Student loan, for instance, probably ranks up there for a lot of people. Interest-free for most because they're in New Zealand. So that's what's important to rank it in two ways. Okay, what does my debt look like from largest to smallest? And then what does it look like in terms of which piece of debt is costing me the most amount of interest? Because sometimes those smaller amounts of debt can actually be uh, costing us more in terms of interest over a 12-month period due to their higher rates. It's most likely that the debt with the highest interest rate is the most important debt that you need to focus your attention on. And no doubt, this is probably a credit card. It could be a personal loan, for instance, too. They often have uh, similar rates. So some people have car loans that right up to 9, 19% I've seen. Now, you should never have forms of debt that you don't know, A, what it costs you, and B, when you need to repay it. So if you don't know that, you need to get your shit together and figure out that to start with. So go and get all those loan documents out and figure out that you're even paying for these loans, Okay. That's uh, basics. We should always know how long this debt is for and what I'm getting uh, charged for it. Now, when it comes to your credit cards, if they're costing you a lot of interest, perhaps you could look at balance transfers. But you will want to ensure you understand how it works first, as the interest rate that kicks in can be brutal. Well, what are they? Well, a balance transfer usually lets you transfer your credit credit card debt from one bank to another at a low interest rate. You move an existing credit card balance to another card which charges a lower interest rate and sometimes no interest at all. So sometimes you can find these in that 0%. So you transfer your whole credit card balance over and you don't pay any interest. And that's, uh, that's what I managed to do a number of years ago. And I googled this and at the moment I saw a couple of banks doing 2% ones and a finance company doing it for 36 months. 
0.40%. So the transferred balance won't accrue any interest for an, eight, uh, an agreed interest-free period. This is usually 6 to 12 months or even right up to 36 months. But this is always changing, so have a Google and see what you can find. But this effectively gives you time to pay it off before the free or low interest period ends. You can clear the debt faster as you are not, as you are ideally not paying interest on the original credit card. Offers to transfer credit card debt from one bank to another change often. So you need to Google and have a look at the latest offerings or even like have a look on the bank's website. But Google it, usually find it because the banks are advertising it so you actually see Google ads come up first. So Google search credit card balance transfer on the internet and see what bank is offering what. If your current bank is offering a transfer option, you might struggle as often banks are using this as a way to attract new customers and may ask you to move your banking over to take advantage of the transfer offer. Read the terms and conditions, of course. So what that means is you're, if you've got a Westpac credit card, for instance, and you see that they're doing a balance transfer, they might be like, oh, no, you can't get this because you're already a customer, so there's no incentive for you. ANZ might say, yeah, yeah you can move it over to us, but you need to start getting paid your, your salary or your wages into this bank account, this ANZ bank account, and then paying your credit card down from there because they want to control uh, you as a client effectively or ensure that they've got access to the cash um, so they can see what's actually coming in and ensure that you do actually pay it down. Now be careful, if any of your transfer balance hasn't been paid off, or what have I got here, yeah, it hasn't been paid off and is still in your credit card at the end of the interest-free period, you'll be charged the usual, usual purchase interest rate on this amount. And be careful because sometimes these are up to 20%. And of course any new purchases on that new card will be charged the usual interest rate too. So be very, very careful because I think you know, I've seen this before and I've done this before where I've done a balanced credit card transfer and then I've fallen into my bad habits. A couple of Jaeger bombs, whatever, a couple of bad decisions. Ah, uh, yeah, I've got some credit on that balanced transfer because I was paying it down, I'll start spending it. So I learned from that lesson and what I did is I started ringing the bank saying, hey, can I please decrease my limit on this? And instead of then having access to the credit, I put a friction point in place. Hey, hey, see how the start of this now relates to this? And I couldn't access it anymore. So I couldn't have a couple of Jaeger bombs and make those stupid-ass decisions again. So, you know, be very careful that you don't just fall back into the trap of using the credit and you're going to then get into a massive tailspin of actually can you pay off this debt and avoid paying any interest. So use this to your advantage. Again, like the start of this, use this, don't let it use you. Now, why use this? Well, balance transfers give you the opportunity to get away from high interest rates on credit cards, especially if they've gotten out of control and hopefully pay down the credit card debt before the interest-free or low interest rate period ends. Use them to your advantage. Don't fall into the trap of using them as another form of credit. Well, we just touched on that. Recently, I found a balance transfer option where you could move eligible credit card balances over to them and pay 0% for 36 months. However, if you don't clear the debt before 36 months, an interest rate of 25.99% kicks in, and that is some brutal interest, isn't it? So this is oh, this is only going to run for the rest of the month, basically. So... I saw that this ends at the end of November, but I think it's GE or maybe Gem Visa, um, and they've got an ability to move credit card debt over for 36 months at 0%. Like that's, that's three years you've got to pay that shit down. So you'd want to read the T's and C's. You'd be paying 50 bucks a year to um, have the annual card admin fee or whatever it is. So have a read of those, but that's uh, pretty phenomenal, and they're trying to win some debt away from the banks, which is interesting, but... You know, it could be gone by the time you listen to this. And like I say, you want to Google search credit card balance transfer to find out what is out there. Now, you need to use these types of offers before they use you. We've got that. The beauty of this offer is that you had multiple. if you had multiple credit cards, you could transfer balances from up to five credit cards onto this interest-free one. 
Now, if you've got five credit cards, you probably need to take a look at a few other things in your life too, okay? Because you probably already know that, by the way. But five cards, like, that's a lot of credit cards. Let me slowly start chunking those things down. Now, you'll need to Google balance transfer to further investigate this option if you want to find the 36-month one and see if it's right for you. I know someone who's recently done it and they were stoked um, and couldn't believe that they could do it. So it's legit. It is available to apply for this one until the end of November, like I say, so it could be gone by the time you listen, but these are always changing. I did this years ago to get on top of debt when I had a credit card costing me interest and I used a balance transfer to move the debt to a new card and was charged 0% and I had 18 months to pay it off um, and I managed to do it faster than that, which was good. I did it in under a year, well a year, I think it was exactly a year. I then had 18 months to pay down the debt and I built an automated way to do that. As soon as I got paid, I paid it down and decreased the balance, as I told you before. During this time, I wasn't losing money to interest payments, so I could pay off the debt faster. And I made a video on this last year to explain further how that works. That's on YouTube. There's a link in the blog and in the email if you want to watch that. And it's about 10 minutes. Now, if a balance transfer isn't for you, then this might be something to think about if your credit card is getting on top of you. Sack up and call your current bank and say, Hi there. I'm having some trouble maintaining the payments on my credit card with you guys. Is there anything you can suggest or can you please explain what options I have? The bank will say, well, thanks for calling. Either we have no options or perhaps you could look at doing this. Now, they do have a responsibility to you to help you ensure that you stay out of bad situations as such. So you don't know unless you ask. Call your bank and say, hey, I'm getting pillaged by high interest rates here and I don't want that to be the case on this credit card, what can I do? You never know, there could be a current solution, they could um, suggest some form of lower interest loan, you, know, you don't know until you ask, remove your ego, call them like as if you're ringing up to learn, don't call them about and, and, and think about yourself and how you're embarrassed how you've got a credit card, fuck, you know, we all, we all do, we all have problems with money at some stage and have different things going on, so remove your emotions and before you call, be like, right, I'm going to pretend that I'm ringing up asking on behalf of a mate. And that could just be a good tactic for you to remove the emotion and any stigma that you've placed on you know, having a credit card and what that might mean for yourself and, and the way you look at yourself. And I'll give you some data on that in a second, but you shouldn't be embarrassed and you shouldn't let it get in the way of you trying to find a solution to sort some of this shit out. So you want to hear out their solutions. And like I said, you're not going to be the first person to ask, especially at the moment, and see... See if any of their solutions are helpful. Then ask, is there any way that I can move my credit card debt to an interest-free or low-interest loan? If not, tell them you're thinking about using a balance transfer to another bank and see what they say. So you're basically shaping the conversation that you've seen that there's these balance transfer credit card things exist. You're not entirely sure if you want to go down that path. Is there anything your current bank can do for you to ensure that you don't do it? And they might find a solution for you because they want to keep you as a customer. Now, if you're a credit card user... Make 2021 the year that you get on top of this. So it might even be that right now you make a decision, okay, I'm going to kill one of these credit cards or all of them, and I'm going to be done with it, and I'm going to move to a debit card rather than a credit card. And you know, you can do that over the 2022 calendar year, for instance. But make 2021 the year that you decide, fuck credit cards, I'm done with them. I'm getting away from that stuff. I'm getting away from the buy now, pay later. I'm going to change up my habits, and I'm going to make sure that I practice that throughout 2022. Enjoy your weekend. Luke, P.S., we're getting closer to 5,000 subscribers. Keep the change. When we get there, I'm going to be giving one lucky reader a $500 investment. Share this with a friend so that they can get learning. I think we're just about at 4,900. was exciting, so we're not too far away from giving away this 500 smackaroos. 
Did you know a nationally representative finder survey of 1,500 New Zealanders aged 18 plus has revealed that around 41% of Kiwis are carrying credit card debt? So there you go, 4 in 10 people, 18 and above, have got a credit card. I, I would imagine if we then put buy now, pay later, which is effectively uh, another version of finance purchasing, on top of that we're probably looking at 60% of Kiwis plus. You know, it's only a 1,500-person survey and, hey, sure, you know, maybe you need a bigger sample size, but credit cards still very common and Kiwis are carrying them around. You know, we want to be cool and oh, i got the platinum one so I can get my ear points. Fuck, seriously? Just pay for your flight. Often people just get sucked into these benefits that don't even really exist. Sure, if you're a business, for instance, where you make large purchases, you can use them to your advantage where you whack all the costs on there and... You know, you, you're racking up massive air points that you can use to then fly staff around and things, or you might have a, uh, a farming business, for instance, and you're buying large amounts of feeds on, on credit. Feed, not feeds, not uh, staff, staff feeds, but feed for the cows, for instance, and you're paying big bills or construction or electricians and stuff, and you know, those things work great for those people, but for the average person in the street, they're just a, a gimmick that we fall for and think, oh, this is so good this is so good, I'm getting all these ear points or I'm getting all these hot points or or whatever it is. Uh, but again, use it so that it doesn't use you. Yes, it doesn't apply for everybody. For some people, it definitely will be of benefit. But if your interest and your late payment fees and stuff is, is causing you more stress than what those bloody ear points, the four ear points that you're getting a month are worth, like is it really worth it? Oh, I've got a black credit card that looks so cool. <sighs> Seriously? Come on, bin that thing, just get rid of it. Use a debit card instead. Avoid these traps because they, they're they just designed to get us to spend money that we don't have ultimately and if we're not good at managing money, well, we end up in, in trouble and it occupies space in our brain and we get pissed off. Now remember, if you want to contribute to Keep the Change, you can do that at keepthechange.co.nz forward slash contribute. You can either donate money and that helps us put these topics in front of more people at the moment we've got a great ad out there listing out every single podcast saying do you want to learn about one of these 70 I think we're up to 78 or 79 weeks 79 topics with every single one of them listed out um, and people are finding the podcast and and turning up and listen listening so welcome to all of you great to see people binge listening as well you might not want to contribute anything financially and that's completely okay as well and I won't hold that against you but I tell you Steve and Vanessa just have donated or contributed uh, $505, uh, which is very, very good of them. That will allow us to get this in front of more people. Like I say, you might just want to contribute a piece of feedback and then we can use that as another touch point on social media or maybe something that inspires somebody to go on and make some change in their life as well. Maybe you just want to suggest a topic that should be covered and when I get some time I can research that and write about that for you. I'm committed to dropping one of these every single week and writing 9am on a Friday, and we are 79 weeks deep without missing a week now, so that's fairly, fairly consistent, and it's been great to see the feedback from people coming in, and the things that you're all learning about. I love asking people via Instagram, what is it that you've enjoyed learning about, what stuck out for you, and it's always different for everybody, so you know, it's, it's great to see what things people pick up from, and what things give people a kick up the ass um, the other day, Someone talked uh, talked to me via Instagram about how you know they just liked 
the fact that they could relate to the lessons that were, were so simple um, and it was okay to be embarrassed by some of the decisions that we make and it's not just them that feels like that. So people are getting so many different things out of these podcasts and it's just great to see and these uh, written versions as well and hopefully we can continue to help more people and maybe one day, just like Tim Ferriss, who will take us out, we'll have 936,000 subscribers as well. I doubt it, because that's just a shit ton of people. But um, the goal is to get 100,000 people learning about financial literacy, and I'll be a happy lad. All right, I'll leave you to it. It's been another outstanding episode. Some good stuff at the start there too that's not necessarily money-related, but things that we can use to put friction in the way of us doing dumb shit, because we all do it. Well, maybe you don't, but I definitely have in sometimes still do so hopefully we can continue to be better all right enjoy the rest of your day here's Tim to take us out all right so in the case of email I use the browser on the phone if need be otherwise there's no app so I get no alerts whatsoever second social media so I've deleted all social media apps from my phone precisely because I was using them compulsively and (laughs) these are very well designed and they become more and more addictive over time because there are billions of dollars being put into research. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just going to stop this. So I've just opened an email uh, on my iPad whilst reading the Keep the Change uh, or finishing up reading the Keep the Change lesson. And I referenced Vanessa and Steve who have just contributed $5. And I've seen that they've actually emailed saying, Hi, Luke, I wish I could do more, but just an email to say thank you for your straight talking emails. I believe I've been subscribed since close to the beginning and I read them every weekend with a coffee, normally on a Sunday morning. How good is that? During lockdown, I listened to your Spotify podcast as family life was busy and it was escape and kept us on track. Thanks again. It has been, in capital, was amazing to say these were helpful as an understatement. I love this shit. It's so good. Some background. I've taken charge of our family finances and over the last six months smashed out most of our small debt that was all adding up a lot. Just the week two credit cards gone. Oh, just this week, two credit cards gone, gone. Holy shit. Two more smallish debts to go. I think a lot of this has been attributed to us. Uh, ourselves sitting down, making the decision at some point to do better. That's it. You know, that's what it starts with, actually deciding, you know, I want to be wealthy. I want to be debt-free. You know, you've got to make a decision about what it is that you want to go after and then go after it. We see it so often in Next Advisory um, with the clients that we're working with in terms of the goals they set for themselves. If you don't know where you're going, you just do random shit. So set yourself a target to start with. We have better role models and subscriptions online. Outstanding. It's finally nice to have financial goals and to be achieving the next is finish kicking the debt and find a side hustle and turn to reducing our mortgage and looking at investing down the track. Something we've always wanted to do but was pointless when we were being stupid with our money. How good is that? Thanks once more for your wise words. Regards. P.S. Hopefully this make, email makes sense. The kids are screaming for breakfast and had to type fast and not proof. Oh, look, I make more mistakes than, than most, so... Uh, It's all good stuff Uh, if your English isn't amazing when you send it through. um, I can relate to it better because uh, it makes me feel a bit more okay about the the mistakes that I make. But there you go, it's a a real-time email. It only just came in whilst I was uh, recording this effective or a little bit earlier and I hadn't seen it. And just great to see people taking action and, you know, it sounds kind of major, but someone's life has been changed by consuming the right type of content and deciding to do something about it. And, you know, 20% probably content from Keep the Change, 80% them, because they're the ones that are actually having to do it and make change, have the tough conversations, 
figure out what they're going to do differently and consistently do that. So that's just uh, music to my ears and got me fired up for the rest of the day. I think that's going to make me go away and start building out this webinar about how we can all add some income into our lives in 2022. Inflation is here, things are getting dearer. We need to find ways that we can control the income that we have coming into the household and and protect ourselves. And that's um, something that I want to work on before the end of the year where I run through a webinar, a presentation for people. And you know, we again, going back to setting goals, we're going to set a goal to, to try and add 10 grand of income into the household. It's $833 if you're on your own. You know, cut it in half for those people where there's a couple of you. And we're going to find, okay, what are ways that we can actually bring in some extra income? So if inflation is going up and petrol's getting dearer and goods are getting more expensive, you know, we can we can sit there and be like, okay, cool. I'm glad I did something about this. And I don't need to watch the news and be like, holy fuck, how did this happen? And I feel so sorry for myself. I can't believe this. This is bullshit. We're going to be like, yep, Luke from Keep the Change was talking to us about that in October 2020. It's now 2022, and in that time, I knew it was coming. Oh, and I've been out there making some extra cash for my family and for my loved ones so that this stuff isn't actually as big of a problem for me as the people in the media are making it out to be. Anyway, back to Tim. And to ensure that that is the case. So I deleted these apps on my phone, and one might recognize that I also post to social media. So how does one pull this off? There are various apps that you can use to post as a business or as a person who needs to post without actually being exposed to your feed or other people's posts. I use, as one example, OnlyPult, O-N-L-Y-P-U-L-T, to post to Instagram without seeing a feed, without seeing anything. Because if I have Instagram on my phone, I'll sit down on, say, a toilet in the bathroom, and I'll be like, oh, I'm just going to take a quick look at Instagram, and then 20 minutes later, I'm still in the toilet. Guilty, guilty, camera light. That's not actually helpful for my productivity or for my life or anything. All right, so only Paul is an example. Having social media off of my phone, by the way, having email off of my phone has had exactly zero, zero irreversible negative consequences. Sure, maybe somebody gets miffed about something small, all easily repaired, okay? 